This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, boy, the markets are anxious this morning. Everybody gathering together in Osaka, Japan for the G20 Summit. How are you doing? Five minutes after five o'clock on a comfortable start to a Friday morning. But boy, weather-wise, it sure could change quickly. For today, as far as weather is concerned, we're looking for even warmer temperatures around the state of Wisconsin. Daytime highs today expected to touch out around 88 degrees. Scattered showers and thunderstorms are about 50% likely through the day today. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and 87. Sunday, partly cloudy, 90 degrees. And we're in the 80s again next week. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has those weather details for you in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Also up before 6 o'clock. So farmers are trying to figure out what they can do best with those unplanted acres. Prevent plant. You know what? You still may be able to plant corn and soybeans. Talking about that with Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist, before 6. Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong if something unexpected happens to your business, wouldn't you want to be protected by a local Wisconsin-based insurance company that also protects thousands of other Wisconsin businesses? There's a local rural mutual insurance agent office near you, and premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Rural mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. There's generations of farm pride at Walter Grain Farms in Johnson Creek. And the Walter family is inviting you to Wisconsin Farm Technology Days, taking place July 23rd through the 25th. Over 600 exhibitors will be in attendance, and there will be forage mowing, merging, and shopping field demonstrations. On top of that, there's also going to be UW Extension crop and livestock experts, hands-on learning, and career speakers at the Youth Tent. For all your Farm Tech Days info, head to wifarmtechnologydays.com slash Jefferson. Wisconsin Farm Tech Days is sponsored in part by Fleet Farm. We've had a lot of issues getting our crops in in Wisconsin. That's no hidden matter. And that brought a lot of decision-making to some farmers this year where crop insurance was concerned with late and preventive planting acreage. And the deadlines are approaching the final deadlines where crop insurance is concerned. And a lot of things going on have to do with the planting estimates that we... How much did we get in this year? What are you hearing out there, Pam? Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. Uh, it's going to be a moving target, as you can imagine. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Boy, and I'll tell you, from one end of the barn to the other, you have seen every imaginable challenge when it comes to getting crops in the ground. Now, the big conversation is that corn and soybeans could actually qualify as cover crops. Well, whatever you're trying to decide to do on your farm fields, talk to your crop insurance advisor first. Josh Kramlin's along with us this morning, and he had some interesting discussions with crop insurance providers from across the state. Uh, Things like cover crops, what are they? We now know that you can harvest them as of September 1st instead of November 1st. Josh, what's the latest with crop insurance conversations around Wisconsin? When it comes to crop insurance, it's difficult to find the answers that you're looking for easily. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin, and recently I was able to have a conference call with a group of people from Rural Mutual Insurance, and each one of them specialized in something unique. So here at the Farm Report, we got them all together on the phone and tried our best to give you the answers that you might be looking for as you consider your options with things such as prevent plant and hail insurance, or even trying to get all the deadlines straight. 
To start off the conversation, I'm going to direct this first question at Jenny Brown. She is a multi-parallel crop specialist for Rural Mutual Insurance Company. And Jenny, there's so many moving parts when it comes to prevent plant, but what are the key points that farmers need to know? There's so many factors with prevent plants. The biggest thing on deciding whether or not they should take prevent plants is, I mean, the big ones are, are they using, are they going for grain? Are they going for forage? You know, do they need to feed that? The maturity of the seed, what they're able to do with, you know, that grain or that forage if we get an early frost, uh, considering drying costs, if, if in fact we do get that early frost and they were planning to go to grain, uh, cover crop alternatives is also really big if, if they're going to get in too late to do, you know, anything with, with something for grain or for forage, what their other alternative options are there. And another big factor is the crop prices, you know, what they're planting, are they going to be able to get a representative price for that? I guess another thing I would tell people when they're dealing with prevent plants, especially when they have insurance, the, the best thing they can do to to have as much clarity as possible is to talk to their insurance agent. And not to interrupt, but I just want to ask, do you know what the parameters are for cover crops? The definition that we pretty much have is, you know, an acceptable cover crop has to be something that's approved by an ag expert. So whether that's extension or, you know, that's how it's termed for crop insurance, but it really depends on, you know, how, how that's defined. So that's where working with your crop insurance agent on that is going to be the best bet with that and as well as when your final plant dates are depending on the crop, the final late plant dates, and then what they're able to do with that ground or that crop or that cover crop. Right now I'm on the phone with Jenny Brown. She is a multi-parallel crop specialist with Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jenny, going off the definition that a cover crop must be approved by an ag expert, what would you say are the no-brainer cover crops and what are the crops that you might want to stay away from? Some no-brainer ones would be they're going to go in with tillage radishes or something like that that you're really not going to potentially harvest for a feed that you're really using to kind of keep that soil biology in good health and just maybe go under with it as sort of a green manure. Questionable cover crops would maybe be peas and oats. We have had some people use soybeans. You know, if you've already bought the seed, it's treated, you can't do anything with it, but you're figuring it's going to be, you know, too short of a period for you to get any grain off of it. Some people plant that and just go under with it again as green manure. So those might be some of the more questionable cover crops. There was some huge news last week as the USDA adjusted the 2019 final hang and grazing date from November 1st to September 1st because of all the flooding and excess rainfall this spring. And while we're talking about it, are there any cutting or harvest restrictions with Prevent Plant? As far as the cutting and the harvesting, that's where you really want to talk to your agent and I guess talking deadlines, letting your agent know. We say we need to know within 72 hours of you're either not going to plant or within your final plant date. But crop insurance dates and FSA dates are different. FSA, uh, they need to know within 15 days. So Again, working with your agent and FSA is key with Prevent Plant. My next question kind of revolves around worst case scenario situation, but I'm really curious to know some more information about hail coverage because all it would take would be one big hailstorm to roll through and completely ruin everything that's not already ruined. And going off the hail coverage, maybe we could talk a little bit about hemp coverage as well because that's a new area of expertise that we're all kind of wading into together. Maybe this would be a question that David Beyer, Rural Mutual Agribusiness Underwriter and Crop Hail Specialist, could answer. David? So as far as hail goes, we cover all crops across Wisconsin, and this year we started also a crop hail coverage for industrial hemp. 
So just briefly, last year there were about 250 farmers that applied for uh, the industrial hemp uh, registration with with the uh, Department of Agricultural Trade and Consumer Protection, and of those, there were 183 growers that actually got approved for registration, and of those, only 139 farmers actually planted. This is in 2018. There were about 1,800 acres that were planted in fields across the state last year, and last year, as we know, it was a quite a wet spring and it left standing water in a lot of those fields, and ended up wiping out uh, quite a few of those crops. And whether they found that they planted their seeds too deep or resulted in poor germination or competition from weeds. Of those, 21 of those failed the THC test, and some by only by a fraction of a percent. This year, I think there was, uh, there was over 1,400 applications that were, were applied for this year. So it's obviously um, starting to really catch on. Also, the uh, University of Wisconsin Agricultural Department uh, is doing quite a bit of field research on this, mainly to try to how to keep the THC levels down, which is obviously a, a risk for the farmers, one of their risks. But getting back to the hail part of it, we started up a, a, um, our crop hail for hemp this year, and we had some, and we're just using our basic crop hail policy, but we've added some other um, conditions onto that. Uh, one of the things that hemp growers have to have in order to grow hemp is a uh, registration and license with DATCAP, which we're pretty much aware of. Um, we also ask that they provide us with that information as well as their uh, 2019 outdoor field planting report, which um, is also supplied by DATCAP. So within 30 days after they plant, they have to provide that planting report to, to that cap. We need to have that so we can um, verify exactly where those acres are planted in order to insure them, because we insure them by the acre. We also want to know what their estimated cost of production is, whether it's from, whether the hemp is being grown for grain or fiber, or if it's being grown for CBD. And right now we're seeing more people planting for CBD around you know, Wisconsin right now because of the potential uh, market price for it. You know, at, at the end of the season, if they do have a, a hail claim during the year, we will send out uh, our adjusters to take a look at it, take lots of notes, and um, gather lots of information and data points. And after harvest, they will need to provide us with a fit-for-commerce certificate, which uh, certifies that their THC levels we're below 0.3% dry weight, and then we will uh, adjust the claim accordingly. The whole new can of worms that we're all working with, including the insureds, they're learning lots of stuff, too, on, on how to keep their THC levels down, how to uh, promote the best growing practices. Awesome. David, thank you so much for that answer. Once again, that is David Beyer. He is a hail specialist with Rural Mutual Insurance. And I guess for everybody on the phone, just to start to wrap up, what are the most common questions that you were getting from your clients in the insurance office? Prevent plant has definitely been been the dominant or predominant in, in all the calls that we've been getting. It's just customers wanting to know their plant dates, how much they're going to get per acre, you know, whether it's corn, beans, um, you know, and just how it all works. And I guess one of the common misconceptions out there is that people are getting rich off of prevent plant payments, which is simply not true for by far and large, a prevent plant payment is usually just going to cover rent in many cases and maybe just, you know, a little bit over. It's only a portion of an insured guarantee. They're by no means taking money to the bank and, and just able to sit back and not do anything for the rest of the year. It's 
they definitely want to get that crop in, if at all possible, to make as much money off that ground as they can. All right. Thank you very much, Jenny. And then, David, did you want to add anything to that? And I think I'd add to that, too, what you mentioned about the, um, the MFP, which is the Market Facilitation Plan. And I think, Jenny, you mentioned that they have to report that within 15 days once they know about that, if they're growing a cover crop anyhow. And they may, not necessarily, but they may qualify for a minimal amount of that 2019 uh, MFP because that's encompassing a lot of different things, including uh, the hurricane disasters and everything like that, too. So it sounded like a big number that was put out there, but it's being spread out through um, a lot of different uh, things that happened last year and this year. All right, well, thank you so much, everybody, for your answers and your time. Again, those were the folks from Rural Mutual Insurance. 2019 has been anything but easy for Wisconsin farmers, and we here at the Farm Report just wanted to maybe give you some of the answers that you've been looking for, or at least point you in the right direction as you start to figure out what your next steps are going to be. No matter where you're at or who is helping you, make sure to always consult your local agent before making any decisions. And reporting from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Outdoor traditions like hunting, fishing, trapping, and wildlife watching are an important part of Wisconsin. Access to public land makes it easier for us to enjoy these activities. Own more than 40 acres and want to keep these traditions alive? Then earn money through the DNR's Voluntary Public Access Program. Learn more. Search Share the Land at dnr.wi.gov. Funding provided by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, NRCS. Share the land and keep traditions alive. Sure, you can do it yourself, but is it really worth it? Do-it-yourself plumbing is often no walk in the park, and you run the risk of leaks leading to water damage or the dangers of electrical problems or even gas leaks. It's also important your plumbing repairs meet current codes and standards. When you hire your friends from Benjamin Plumbing, you know it's fixed right, up to code, and guaranteed. The majority of Benjamin's residential plumbing repairs are more affordable than you think. Save your marriage. Save your sanity. Save your weekend. Before you roll up your sleeves and try it yourself, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. She knows farming, and she'll put you in a headlock if you say different. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 520 now on a hot, sticky Friday unfolding in front of us. Boy, I'll tell you, crazy weather overnight. Thank you to Kirby up by La Crescent. They picked up more than an inch of rain. Dell, North Fond du Lac, inch of rain, uh, straight line winds in the Baraboo area that knocked down some trees. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, along with us live via Skype. I got to be honest, I grabbed the Sheltie Pups and 
headed for the hills when the the clouds started rolling in yesterday. The storm seemed to pop up really quickly, and uh, it packed a punch. I guess there's still rain falling around a lot of the state of Wisconsin. There is still rain falling, and I'll just run over mine. Uh, 36 hundredths of an inch from Madison at the airport. My backyard in the Fond du Lac Airport agreeing at 64 hundredths of an inch, but there is rain and it's falling all the way from southeast Minnesota, northeast Iowa, into the La Crosse area, through Boston, over into uh, Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, up to Green Bay as well, and just down toward the Madison area. Madison, if you're not getting that rain quite yet in your neighborhood, it'll pop up yet a little bit more today. Low pressure has moved through out of the southwest, and a frontal boundary will drop south through Wisconsin. Around that boundary, showers continue. The good thing is La Crosse and Boston over toward Fond du Lac and Oshkosh, that rain should end in the next few hours. Southern Wisconsin, well, you keep that chance around. A scattered shower, a little sprinkly rainfall, that chance continues even on toward midday or into the afternoon. Not that it's going to be a big, heavy, stormy mess or anything, but there'll be some shower activity in southern Wisconsin to continue, and we could add another couple of tenths of an inch of rain, no doubt about it. Otherwise, Pam mentioned it, warm, sticky, hot. All right, I'll say that. And in fact, temperatures in the weekend, almost everywhere except southern Wisconsin, are most likely going to be around 90. And even in southern Wisconsin, the upper 80s will be highs. So it is going to be a very warm spell, a slight chance of a little instability rain late Saturday or Saturday night, just because of that heat and humidity. And otherwise, warm, sticky through the weekend. Another slight rain chance tries to build in late Sunday night on toward Monday. I wouldn't expect that to be a major storm, but we'll watch how it works out. It's just going to seem like summer. I'll check the forecast in a moment. I bet many of you don't even know that Wisconsin's got a school of veterinary medicine right there on the UW-Madison campus. Sometimes if you don't need that resource, you don't realize it's there. That's the way it was for Jody. Her dog Piper came down with an emergency gastrointestinal problem and she needed help right away. And she turned to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. I called them immediately knowing that I could get through to somebody and they pretty much walked me through it. And that alone just put me at ease. So I called back probably 15 minutes later and said, I'm on my way. Fortunately, that emergency after our visit to the UW School of Veterinary Medicine was productive. Today, Jody is a strong advocate for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine and their expansion project. My name is Jody, and I'm the mom to my dog, Piper. I 100% support the building project for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine, and I hope you will too. It's a gem for Wisconsin. You can help. Go to AnimalsNeedHeroes2TOO.com for more. All righty, Stu, let's talk about this crazy weekend's worth of weather. July is going to come in with all kinds of fanfare from the looks of it. It probably will, yeah. Let's talk about some showers and thunderstorms this morning ending from north to south in the next few hours. By 9 or so this morning, La Crosse, Mauston can see an end to the rain. That may take a bit longer further south, Madison and south. Mostly cloudy, still warm. Mid and upper 80s today. South winds at 5 to 10 become light and variable. Still a few showers or a thunderstorm. A slight chance in the south this evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy. Could be a little clearing late. Upper 60s, almost 70. West winds at 5. Partly sunny Saturday. 
and that slight chance of an afternoon, late afternoon shower or storm. Upper 80s, almost 90 degrees around La Crosse. East and south winds at 5. And then Sunday, mostly sunny, even warmer. 90s across a good part of central and western Wisconsin, Pam. Upper 80s at Madison. Southwest winds at 5. But late Sunday night into Monday, another round of boomers and things could start to build in. All right. Good deal. Thanks, Stu. In La Crosse, you're still getting rain. You're at 68 degrees. Mauston this morning, thunderstorms in 64. Fond du Lac's got rain in 66. Oshkosh, cloudy 64. Cloudy in Madison and 70 degrees. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Agronomy, feed, propane, agri-finance, fuels, and more. Insight FS is your supplier of choice. Insight FS lubricants offer high-quality protection from diesel to industrial machinery. They blend it, they back it. Your equipment is only as reliable as what you put in it. Use Insight FS lubricants. From energy to agriculture, on the farm, at your business, or at home, make Insight FS your valued partner. Visit InsightFS.com for a location near you. Silver and gold shining forever. Diamonds and other exotic gemstones, some mined right here in the United States. Great prices, a helpful staff. Where can you find all of this? I'm telling you, Goodman's Jewelers. They've been in business for 85 years because they know how to treat their customers right. They've been a part of a lot of love stories in those 85 years, from engagement rings to wedding bands to necklaces, brooches. They even have officially licensed NCAA Bucky Badger. UW Jewelry. And if you've got a graduate who's maybe heading to UW, you may want to stop by Goodman's Jewelers to pick up that perfect gift. And they've got a gift for every occasion and someone to guide you along the way. Back in the day when I used to hear Jewelry Store, I thought there's nothing in there that I can afford. Stop in and talk to John and his staff and find out just how wrong we are. They've got some beautiful pieces at all price points. Their website, Goodman'sJewelers.com. Their location, 220 State Street. Same spot for those 85 years. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. My name is Charles. I'm 38 years old. My name is Charles. I'm 38 years old. One day I had a sudden headache. I had a headache. Suddenly my arm went numb and I felt confused. My arm went tingly. I knew I was having a stroke. I didn't know what was going on. I told my wife and she dialed 911. I didn't want to miss work, so I went. The ambulance arrived just in time. I had a stroke on the bus. Because of quick response, today I'm on my way to a full recovery. Today I have partial paralysis. Seconds made all the difference. Seconds made all the difference. 
If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You can make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. Time lost is braid lost. For more information, visit PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Be the light. That's my motto. Hi, I'm Scott. Proud employee with EverReady Electric for over 20 years. We want you. Yes, you. We're hiring for journeymen or master electricians. Full-time with a hiring bonus of $1,500. Why? Well, we get that transitioning from one job to another has costs. And we're here to support you in a new comfort zone. Join our team and apply online. Or call and ask for Linda. She'll amp you up. We're ever ready. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to tackle those home projects you've been putting off. So come summertime, you can just sit back and relax. Home Advisor can help get you started. Home Advisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. Home Advisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. Find a great pro now before the busy season hits. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Reporter extraordinaire. The man in Milwaukee. Our Milwaukee man. Cody Grant. See, you, on, is that why, Cody, is that why you picked Becky Lynch? Because if, if she's referred to as the man, and you're our man in Milwaukee, like, are you the man, But and you like Becky Lynch because she's the man? Did I uncover a conspiracy theory Friday two days early? I mean, I've always liked Becky Lynch, but when she became the man, it was even just that much better. I yeah. like it. I like it. Uh, well, uh, and then uh, maybe, you know, Seth Rollins and, and Becky Lynch are doing the uh, mixed tag team at the next pay-per-view. It should be Cody Grant and Becky Lynch. At, yeah, get uh, Seth Rollins Rolls. out there, Cody. You're in. Hey, I'm trying to, man. I've been doing that for years, but Seth Rollins is really making it tough on me. Well, you know what's been tough on Brewer fans, Cody, is Keston Hira's shredding of the minor leagues and Travis Shaw and throwing Jesus Aguilar's continued futility at the major league level. I mean, to me, I don't know how you – I'm about advancing stories and, and I'm not like beating topics into the ground. I don't know what else to say. Like, what is there left to say at this point as to why Hero is not on the Brewers roster? I don't know. And, you know, when I talk about this, I do tend to stick up for Shaw and Aguilar in a sense of they need those two guys to be good, uh, to go far. But at the same time, how do you not have Hira on the major league roster – the way that he is playing, and right. you see how much they're struggling. Their offense has actually been pretty good lately. It hasn't really been the problem. It's been starting pitching. But still, if you have Hira on this roster right now, he's going to help the team. And I like what they've been doing with Yasmani Grandal batting leadoff. You know, their home run last night. Yeah. Uh, Christian Yelich had a bad night. It was only his third time in a Brewers uniform that he's gone hitless in five at-bats. Uh, so I guess, you know, you could send him down now, too. I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> Nelson, I mean, bro. like, it, it just I don't understand why Hira isn't up. Like, in a sense of, I've always been saying you need Sean Aguilar to 
be good, or at least one of them to be good for this team to go far. So I get the idea of continuing to let Shaw try to get his at-bats and try to get going, try to get hot. Same thing with Aguilar. But at the same time, uh, you're almost at the all-star break and you're a game out of first place right now. And if Hero can help this team win ball games, why aren't you going to him? Well, Cody, I mean, you talk about giving Shaw like time and you, and maybe understand it, but how long do you realistically give him? Because Keston Hira is just, he's not knocking on the door. He's pounding on the door to let him in. How long do you realistically give Hira? Or, I mean, sorry, Shaw. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you you mentioned it. Uh, you know, Hira's a professional hitter. <laughs> yeah. When he came up for the Brewers in, in the 17 games, uh, five home runs, he was batting 281. He fit right in. Uh, defense left a little to be desired, but, you know, you can work through that for now and just uh, because what he gives you offensively, you take the good with the bad on defense. And uh, the way uh, Moose has been playing at third base, Arcia, uh, the way he plays defense at shortstop, and then they had a few errors uh, last night in that fourth inning. One went to Davies. Uh, I think the other one went to uh, Shaw, actually. But they need help with his team right now because their struggles with starting pitching and i yeah i just guys i don't get it either um like i said i i, I try to follow stearns and uh he's smarter than us you know that's why he's in that position and we are not i mean if the majority of brewers fans are the gm of this team there'd be nobody left on this team because they would cut everybody but uh here uh, if he can help this team I, I i just don't there's nothing more to say i don't know why he's not up all right cody so let me ask you i, I know you're at miller park a lot you're covering the brewers you got your reporting hat on you're doing your duties tomorrow is an off day for you though and you are coming to um our event you know at miller park we're taking the party bus up there all of us have decided that we're going to pop our shirts off and body paint free Hira <laughs> and stand in the you know stand in our seats. Will you join us with that? Will you pop a shirt off and write well, one of the letters? Of course, on I'll join you with that. My I man. guess I've been working out the last two months. My man, and hell if yeah! You, if you don't, we have Nelson, so we could fit free Keston Hira <laughs> and all his family and all his friends on Nelson's stomach. So we do have that going for us as well. That sounds good. Now, did you hear what, before I ask you about, you know, Adrian Hauser starting and whatnot, did you hear what Nelson had to say earlier today by chance about the Chicago Cubs and his fandom of them? No, I did not. Nelson? Cody, if they don't make any moves, this could be bringing Keston here up, bringing any other name that we haven't heard of up yet, or making a trade. By July 15th, I will wear a Cubs hat the rest Oof. of the season, Oof. and we will see it on Twitch God. every single day. Don't worry about that, then, because they're going to make moves, guys. Stearns has made moves the last two trade deadlines. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, Wisconsin farmers still trying to juggle those unplanted acres. Now the conversation's being held all across the state. Can you plant corn and soybeans on all your prevent plant acres and still collect? Talking about that with Dr. Sean Connolly, University Extension Soybean Specialist, in before 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. Did you know on this date back in 1865, there was a terrible tornado that ripped through the small community of Viroqua? It was one of the earliest tornadoes ever recorded in Wisconsin history. It killed 22 people and injured at least 100 in the community of Viroqua on this date back in 1865. Let's hope with all this heat and humidity we don't have any stories like that to report this weekend. And now you know. 
Wisconsin's milk price for the month of May improved by about 20 cents compared to April. I've got numbers on that in just a moment. Speaking of numbers, of course, we're now into sign-up for the Dairy Margin Coverage Program, finally being implemented under the 2018 Farm Bill. Yesterday, U.S. Department of Agriculture Undersecretary Bill Northey gave us an update on how many dairy farms are already signed up. About half and half have locked in either for the five-year coverage and said they'll participate for the full five years. They're able to receive a 25% discount on their premiums if they do that. And about half of them have elected for the annual coverage. So just indicated their interest this year for participation in that program. So 2,600 have locked it in for the five years. 2,700 have locked it in for just this year's coverage. So that's uh, U.S. Undersecretary Bill Northey. 5,300 dairy producers as of yesterday had already signed up for the new Dairy Margin Coverage Program under the 2018 Farm Bill. And Northey also quick to point out that because it's retroactive to January 1st of 2019, dairy farmers will automatically be seeing some payments. Remember, if you have not yet made an appointment or contacted your local farm service agency office about the dairy margin coverage program, please try to make sure you're taking care of that just as soon as possible. The sign-up opportunity continues through September, but let's face it, everybody could use that payment just as soon as possible. Coming up in a moment, we're talking about the markets. They are anxious again this morning, waiting on the word between U.S. President Trump and China President Xi They are scheduled to meet tomorrow in Osaka, Japan, part of the G20 Summit. I've got your numbers and market comments on that in just a moment. You know, I got to say, I love working with businesses that make an impact on their community. And that's why I've been working with McFarland's for so long. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here from my buddies at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, right in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. And I always say the heart of Sauk City because of what they do. It's not just about the deals that you get, the service that you get. It's about what they do within their community. And I've got some excellent examples if you want to take a look at their Facebook page. Look for McFarland's Retail Center. You know, they make a difference in people's lives, not only by the events that they support, but also by the products they sell. They've got a fantastic rental department. And if you look on their Facebook page, they have people posting thank yous for the turnout that they have in their backyard for a graduation, a wedding, an anniversary party. And it's all thanks to the quality of staff and the rental equipment available in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street, just off Highway 12. All right, we've got the G20 Summit starting today in Osaka, Japan. And, of course, we're also getting the U.S. Department of Agriculture's crop report out at 11 a.m. Central Time. Mark Oppold's got our bottom line this morning. It'll be interesting to see how long the trade reacts to today's acreage and stocks numbers and how long before traders switch attention back to weekend weather forecasts and, of course, the conclusion of the G20 Summit in Japan. And without seeing any numbers, we would suggest corn, soybeans, and wheat can close higher today. However... It is the end of the month and the end of the quarter, so we could see some early fireworks before that closing bell. We see good support on December corn near yesterday's low, 450. November soybeans should find support at 910, although they did violate that 200-day moving average at 924 here late week. July Chicago wheat looks supported just below that 540 level. 
You know, you can feed less hay. You can reduce the number of days your cattle are on feed if you're using Lactopro Advance from MS Biotech, specifically made for beef and dairy cattle. Learn more at msbiotech.com. This is the Bottom Line Report. Are you over 65? You may be paying too much for your health care. By the way, today is Insurance Awareness Day. Many people don't realize they have options. Go online to my friends at Americo and see if they can help you save money. Americo.com. Hog traders expect all hogs of the breeding herd numbers this afternoon. Hog and pig report to be up one, maybe two and a half percent from a year ago. Wholesale pork now the lowest since March 20th, and average hog weights are up nearly six pounds from a year ago. I'm Mark Oppold, wishing you a profitable week ahead. Thanks, Mark. In overnight electronic trade, with all this information pending, we're a little mixed. December corn's unchanged right now at 4.51 a bushel. November beans are up two at 9.14 and a quarter. July wheat down two and three quarter cents, 5.44 and three quarters. There is a word out today that the president is going to forego imposing more tariffs on about $300 billion in Chinese goods. The report is coming from both Politico and the South China Morning Post. It's ahead of the president's meeting with Chinese President Xi, scheduled for tomorrow at the G20 summit in Osaka, Japan. One source says that uh, the Trump decision is because it was Chinese President Xi's price for agreeing to meet with him in Japan. So we'll see how long that stands. Like I said, in overnight electronic trade, December corns unchanged at 451. November beans up two at 914 and a quarter. July wheat currently two and three quarter cents lower, 544 and three quarters. Wisconsin dairy producers got a little good news. For the month of May, your milk price went up about 20 cents compared to April, a dollar 30 higher than last May's milk price. $18.10 a hundredweight, the state average. It's about a dollar 56 per gallon at the farm gate. All of the 24 major dairy producing states had a higher milk price. Florida and Georgia had the biggest increases, both up 60 cents from last month's time. We'll take a break. Coming up next, talking a little bit about what your options are when it comes to those unplanted acres. Uh, you still have options when it comes to corn and soybeans. Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist, explains next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Monica? Yes, Sarah? How does a person know they've found the right diamond? Choosing a diamond is sort of like choosing a puppy. A puppy? You feel yourself drawn to it. You're not sure why. You just are. You're saying I should buy the diamond that speaks to me. No. Several diamonds will speak to you. You should buy the one that you feel drawn to. Several of them will speak to me? Here, look at these diamonds. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. I would look so good on your finger. I'm the one for you. You know I am. Pick me. Each of these diamonds is exceptional. Can you tell? Are you kidding? Of course they're exceptional. Average diamonds just sit there. But Kessler's Diamonds are wide awake and ready for adventure. Shopping at Kessler's is fun. Making customers supremely happy is in our DNA. It's the reason that Kessler's is here. Casual and easygoing with every possible diamond and every possible ring. Welcome to Kessler's. Find the Kessler's nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com Okay class, let's all sing our 911 song. There's a fire, there's a fire. Dial 911. There's a fire, there's a fire. Dial 911. 
911. If you can't raise an arm, dial 911. If you're suddenly having trouble speaking these words, dial 911. Face suddenly goes all numb, dial 911. All of a sudden get the worst headache of your life, dial 911. Sudden loss of sight in one or both eyes, dial 911. If you think stroke may be the cause, never wait to call, dial 911. 911. Making a difference in someone's life is elementary. Know the sudden signs of stroke and dial 911 immediately if they appear. Time lost is brain lost. For more information, visit powertoendstroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. She knows a hay bale makes a perfectly comfortable seat. It's time for the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, as promised for a final Friday of June, Dr. Sean Connolly, University Extension Soybean Specialist, in studio with us. Remember, as always, this uh, conversation brought to you courtesy of your soybean checkoff dollars and the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. Find out more online, wisoybean.org. And you're going to want to remember again, coolbean.info. That's Dr. Connolly's website where you can get connected with him on information, all his social media feeds and such, because... Today, Sean, we're talking about a lot of things that suddenly became part of conversation. I don't know if you follow Dr. Conley's uh, email trail, but he had been sending out a conversation that you and Dr. Joe Lauer, University Extended Corn Specialist, had about using corn or soybeans as a cover crop since we're facing so many unplanted acres in Wisconsin. When did you guys come up with that idea? How did that come about? Well, it first came about when we started getting questions from our county agents and Explicitly, what happened is they need an official letter from a state specialist in individual states dictating or indicating that it's okay to use either field corn or soybean as a cover crop. So we began to put this article together and dig through all the nuances and all the legalities of of using these as a, as a cover crop. And what really sprouted this off, obviously, is now with a September 1 ruling that yeah. you could take it as a forage that really amped up this conversation. Yeah, and I had not thought about it as a cover crop until you guys started explaining. You know, in Wisconsin, we've got room for livestock feed, so that's that's a good thing for either corn or beans. But then you started explaining, and you're you were always quick to point out, talk to your crop insurance advisor first. And now you're getting all kinds of mixed messages from everybody in the industry. We are, and I think that's the reason for this is this has never happened before. I know Paul Mitchell, who is our ag economist who does this specifically, I mean, he's getting questions from, again, on the national basis. We're seeking yeses and nos from the national crop insurance leaders, the state, uh, the regional. Also, now we're getting questions from the dairy industry in terms of what we can do because we're so short on forage and feed and what would give us the greatest feed value. And on top of it, there is hard to find cover crop seed to begin with. And that's another thing that prompted this is there's really nothing out there. So we're just, again, looking for options for farmers to either A, have a forage, but if you were in a corn soybean rotation, just to have something out there to keep the weeds down, to keep that water hemp in in check. Otherwise, we're going to have millions of seeds of water hemp going into the seed bank next year. We'll be fighting that for the next five years. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about, I, I want to walk this through. So if I'm, if you pique my interest and I'm thinking about uh, soybeans as a cover crop, first thing I thought about is, I didn't even think about your technical stuff, like what varieties or anything like that. I was thinking about how am I going to use it? If I'm, if I'm just growing it and I don't have livestock, can they take 
basically uh, chopped bean and turn it into a dairy feed? You can. Obviously, that was the first reason why soybean was brought to the United States was as a forage. Uh, one of the things we look at, though, is the varieties that are available to us now, even if we were able to plant them, say, by July 1, they would, by the time we get past that September 1st date, yep. um, unless you have a maturity group for bean or later, they would actually be so far along in their developmental stage that they probably, A, wouldn't be a lot of biomass out there, and B, wouldn't make the best feed because they would be in that R6 going to R7 stage, and then you'd have to handle them you know, with how you, how you condition that forage. Otherwise, if you have the rollers too tight, the beans will pop out, and then you lose all your protein value there. So, again, unless you really get a late maturity group bean, like a 4.0 or later, um, if you're using soybean, I think they would be a very good cover crop. I would not think they would make the best forage in terms of both tonnage and quality. I think there's other crops, if you're able to get that seed, that would do a better better job than soybean. But on the flip side, soybean, um, there's so much of our, our seed is treated these days that it's easy to get your hands on relatively cheap treated seed because we usually don't save seed from year to year, and that treated seed has to be destroyed, devitalized. So usually, after we get into July 1, what happens is that those $60, $70 a bag beans come down a lot cheaper. And I'm not going to quote prices because right. I'll get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, just uh, gives you an example of, of what's available out there. Huh. And so let's walk them through. Uh, economically, we still need to try to make this work. And uh, you were quick to point out that whether it's corn or soybeans, you really want to get rid of the frills to make this feasible. Right. That's exactly right. Because again, you're looking at the cost of on a per acre basis. And on the, with using soybean, um, you can get it relatively cheap. And we're looking to have at least 150,000 seeds. That's my recommendation. And the reason I go that high is weed control. Um, again, because you're not going to want to sp- put a lot of money out there to help control weeds. And if you do, it's going to be Roundup. Well, we know with the water hemp issues, you need to put more in the tank than just Roundup to keep the water hemp under control. So we need more seeds out there to help throw that canopy up quicker and uh, and have some of that weed crop competition to keep the weed seed population to a minimum. Now, again, Dr. Sean Conley, University Extension Soybean Specialist with us. We'll be honest, you know, when we're having this conversation, there's a lot of questions still to be answered. Uh, first, have the conversation with your crop insurance advisor before you do anything. Then the next thing is you talk about traded seeds and that. Now there's a, there is a question on what seed you will be allowed to use in this situation. Right. On the soybean side, you know, it's fairly straightforward. Uh, you'll be able to use basically any type of uh, soybean seed you have out there. want to re- remind growers, though, you just can't go to the bin and take it out because most of those varieties are licensed and you're not allowed to replant those on your acres unless you have a variety that's a conventional variety that you can use save seed on your own land. So again, I'm not recommending that you do that. Just don't do that. But in terms of just using glyphosate or extend or enlist or whatever beans you have out there, you should be fine to plant those as a cover crop. And then if you do take them as a forage, just make sure you watch your pesticide application timing as well because there's a lot of, depending on what herbicide you use out there or insecticide, there's a number of days before you can feed that. So that's another thing that comes into the, into the equation as days 
filing your pesticide application before you can take that as a forage, if you can take it as a forage, depending on which pesticide you applied out there. So there's a lot of caveats out there that farmers, crop consultants are working through. It's it's a challenging, challenging year, as we all know. And I'm sure that you'll be posting information as you get it. Uh, let's talk about the guys that did get beans in the ground. You know, one thing that we've been talking about, Sean, is you've got some fields that are pretty well developed, others that are way lagging behind. What kind of challenges is that going to present for us? And what things do we have to monitor if we've got two fields that are completely opposite spectrums? Yeah, the biggest challenge right now I'm hearing from the industry is weed control. Um, Again, the reason for that is we have some soybeans that are starting to flower already, and then we have others that are just cracking out of the ground. And these co-ops are looking at, well, they got to go, they got to spray. It's really limiting their, based on label restrictions of what they can apply out there. So that's one big thing. The other thing, which is I've gotten a lot of harassment about uh, this growing season, is we had this boots on the ground project. We were trying to validate our planting date. And we're out scouting our beans. And we've had beans that are planted three weeks apart. And they're only one growth and development stage different. Really? So they're out there at... So the beans we did get in the ground early that first week in May, and now we're just going off the ones that were planted three weeks later. They're anywhere from V4 in the early and V3 right next to them planted three weeks later. Really? Yeah. And is that heat or is that light or what was it? That Was that cool to slow things down that much? Right. Our GDU, our growing degree units have been down so much that we're going to go out there and, and take a look at this and obviously take these to yield, but it's pretty amazing at all of our locations we're going to. Three weeks different, only one growth stage difference between them. Do you, any, from a plant science, is there any reason why? Is it surprising to you, or is that a plant's natural mechanism to even up? It shouldn't be surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> but if you just look at our accumulated growing degree units, I mean, that's what's basically driving this. And that's one of the things that are frustrating farmers, too, has been so cool and wet. Yeah. We're not getting that canopy to help with weed control. So now we're looking at labels. Again, we're back to the whole label yeah. problem with trying to get these weeds managed. And, um, again, it's really a, a challenge out there just looking at these. So I've been preaching for early planting date for years and years and years. We plant earlier. There's one growth and development stage yeah. difference. That's there my – that. yeah, there goes that idea. <laughs> there's that boots-on-the-ground research that he wanted, though, and that's what uh, it's all about, trying to make sure we're getting you answers as quickly as we can. That's Dr. Sean Conley, our University Extension soybean spe- specialist. Okay, if you're thinking about soybeans as a cover crop, first thing you do, talk to your crop insurance advisor. Uh, Then you can check with Dr. Conley's coolbean.info and see how you go forward selecting the bean varieties, managing those weeds, and then just kind of monitoring the crop through the growing season. It is going to be an interesting one. This update brought to you courtesy of your Soybean Checkoff Dollars and the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. You hear about all the great research that Dr. Conley, Dr. Damon Smith, Dr. Rodrigo Worley is doing. Why don't you think about supporting it with a membership to the Wisconsin Soybean Association? Find out more, wisoybean.org.